Turn to the book of Hebrews chapter 10, if you would. We're going to break away this morning from our series of messages that we've been coming with from the book of Luke. I'd mentioned that when we began the series. Occasionally we'll step away from the book of Luke and bring single ones here and there. And I was just inspired. I listened to a message. Todd Nyberg this week, who uh, preached over there in Danville, Kentucky. You know, he does that a lot. Lexington's not very far. He goes down there and preaches for... Uh, they've been without a pastor since Don Forker passed away. I told them this when I was there preaching for them back in uh, a couple weeks back when Kathy and I were in Kentucky. I said, you are a beacon of light to the men in churches around the nation and around the world. What? What are we doing? said, your patience, your God-given patience to wait on Him to bring you a pastor is beyond my understanding. I think, I don't think I could have that kind of patience. I'd be out there looking for somebody. There's, they, I'd be asking people. I'd be, come on in here, try to be our pastor. We'd, we'd want people to come, wouldn't we? It's kind of what we did here, isn't it? We thought the Lord was raising a man up. Oh man, what did I do? There it goes. We thought the Lord was raising a man up, and we didn't wait on the Lord at all. We just put that man in charge, and it turned out he wasn't the one to be in charge, didn't it? Turned out he wasn't the one that was our pastor. We were beacons. Well, Todd Knight brought this message, and he brought it from this this section of scripture here. And I want to I want to bring you my version of what Todd preached what Todd preached on Tuesday night. Now I don't know about you folks. I do know this about God's people. I do know this about God's people. We love to hear and speak about God's grace to us. That's the most precious thing I have in this entire world. You would think it'd be my wife. Well, let me tell you something. It's by His grace that she and I are married. So what's even more precious than her to me? God's grace. God's grace to this man who has so under, who is so undeserving of any of his blessings. So undeserving. We love to hear. And we love to speak. We love to tell others. What makes you so different from those who are going crazy over what's going on in the news? What makes you so different about the stuff that they're teaching kids in schools nowadays? What makes you so different? from what's going on over there in San Francisco. Well, you, you don't seem to care about anything that's going on in the world around you. My Lord rules it all. And it's by His grace that I know that. It's by His grace that you know that. And as children of God, we know that it's by His grace because we remember a time when we hadn't had that, when we didn't have that grace. We could see now that we were blind as a bat back then. Oh, we love to tell people about God's unmerited favor for His people. For me, not getting what I deserve. By my Lord's grace, tell me if this doesn't fit you. By my Lord's grace, I have been brought. I didn't come on my own will. I didn't get smart one day. I didn't just say, you know what, I'm going to stop doing all the dumb things that I've done all my life and go to church. No, I was brought. 
to a church here in Rescue where God had a minister preaching the truth of God's Word. And I sat there and I heard first, I heard this. You don't deserve nothing. That's what hell is. It's nothing. It's nothing to be deserving of, but that's what you're going to get if God doesn't love you. Oh, those are harsh words, John. Those would not go well in a church down the street. Why would you say such things? God created everything. He loves everything He created. No, He doesn't. And I was brought. Were you, were you brought to understand that? I was brought to know that there was nothing in me deserving God's love. I was brought to understand what I was, as well as all mankind, sinners before God, before a thrice holy God, one who has sinned against God even in thought. Well, you've had some bad thoughts in your mind? Every time I thought that I had power over our Creator, that it was John Reeves who was making things work, that's a sin against God. Every time I get mad at something that's going on, like over in San Francisco or downtown Sacramento or over in the White House or whatever it is, guy cut me off on the freeway, I'm sinning against my Lord. Because I'm getting mad at Him. As the sovereign over everything, all things are purposed by Him, including every red light that we're stopping. Am I not right about that? Isn't that what God's Word says? We have to be brought out of our natural thoughts into the light of His glory, into the light of His sovereign ruling. Some are brought to understand what we are before a thrice holy God and that there is a Savior. Yet there are also some who are yet sinners, saved by grace, and I'm one of them. Look at verse 19 of Hebrews chapter 10. Having therefore, having therefore, Todd mentioned this, Brother Henry Mahan, those of you who've heard of Henry Mahan, you know the gospel preacher that he is. He said, he said this, when you see the word therefore, find out what is therefore. Find out what it goes to lead to that. Because that's what therefore means. It means something. It means because of this. Therefore. And back up now to uh, verse 18. Now, where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Where remission of what? Sins. Look at verse 17. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of this is, where the remission of sins and iniquities are, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, having therefore, because of that, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Boldness. Boldness to come without anything of yours to offer. Boldness to, to come before God with nothing 
Because that's what we're shown, isn't it? We're shown we have nothing to offer God, yet we have boldness to come to Him. We have boldness. This sinner has boldness, freedom to come to my Creator, the one who I have sinned against. How can that be? How can it be that sinners can enter into the holiest of the holies? Well, that's what a picture of the, 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 old, saint, the old Testament saints were, the Old Testament priest, priests were. They would go in once a year into the holiest of holies. That's what it was called. It was behind a, 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 a veil, a tapestry. And I, as I understand it, that tapestry was four inches thick. Could you imagine that if you had curtains on your house that were four inches thick? Wow. Four inches thick. You're not going to see any sunlight coming through that. Once a year, a priest would go in behind that veil into the holiest of holies, but he would not go without blood. What do we see here in our text? Having boldness, freedom, access to the holiest of holies, to God Almighty, to where all the the, the uh, oracles of God were kept that pointed to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to the mercy seat. By what? By the blood of Jesus. I pray the Lord will give you and I an understanding this morning of what His Word is saying. What a statement of grace centers into entering into the holiest of holies. Only the high priest could do that before Christ came Christ came. Did you know that when He died on the cross, that veil, that tapestry that was four inches thick was ripped from the bottom to the top. A picture. A picture of God opening Himself up to His people. Christ said, it is finished. It is was finished. Does that make you happy? Does that bless you? Are you a sinner who's saved by grace? Because that's what it takes right there. Saved by God's grace and shining His light of glory in your heart. Removing that old stony heart that we've all come into this world with. The grace of God in doing such and shining the light of His Son, our Savior. Could there be any greater statement in God's Word? We, sinners, can come with boldness to the throne of all power through the blood of the Son of the living God, Jesus Christ. Boldness. What is that saying? It's saying that some are free from the wrath to come. What is the wrath to come? It's eternal death. That's the wages of sin. Eternal death. In Romans 5, verse 12, we read these words. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for they all have sinned. Romans 3.23, we read it this way, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Folks, this is grace. This is grace here in God's Word where it says in 3.16, For God so loved the world... Now I want to stop there. When you talk to a free will religionist, 
If you're asking me right now, well, what is a free will religion? Is that somebody who thinks that by their own decision, they accepted God. They think that God has accept, has uh, offered salvation through the work of His Son. It's an offering to you. Now you've got to accept it. You, the dead, need to get up and grab a hold of that medication that will save you. That's not God's Word. God's Word says, I saw you in the blood and filth you were in that field and I came by and I said, live. God's Word says, you must be quickened, made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sin. They want to say, those that are free willism, those who want to put themselves above God, those who say, I have the power to save myself, it's when I decide to be saved, they use this phrase from John 3.16 and they completely disregard this next part. What do we see next? That He gave His only begotten Son. God gave His only begotten Son. Can there anything go wrong with that? If it could, then He wouldn't be God, would it? This is the grace that John loves to hear. I love to know that my Lord has everything to do with my salvation and that I have nothing to do with it because I would mess it up. He gave His only begotten Son for you and I, for His people. Could He lose anything? Oh, what a world we live in that preaches and teaches that God is just trying. Brother Mike put a sign, made a sign. If we were going to go uh, down and invite people to come to church one time, and he made a sign that uh, we were going to hang up above the pop-up, and we hung, we hung it up out here. We had a little uh, rummage sale out here for a couple of days. We hung it up out there, and uh, it says this: It says, "If if your God is trying, your preacher is lying," and that's the truth. If you're hearing somebody speak about a trying God, then you're not talking about God. God does not try. He does not offer. He commands. And if He puts the power behind His command, you will come. Those apostles that He called as He passed by them in, on, the, on the Sea of Galilee, He didn't say, hey, can you come with me today? No, He said, come. And what did they do? They got up and came. That's the power of the God of this, of this book, the God of creation. He does what He pleases. And it pleases Him to shine His grace in those that He's loved for before the world was. God's gracious to us. He's loved us despite us shaking our fist in His face. Despite us sinning against Him. He's loved His people. Not the whole world. His people. That's what it says next. That whosoever. That's His people. Whosoever what? Believeth. What did we read? Uh, what was that article, Joe Terrell? Let me, let me put that again. Feelings are a looking inward at ourselves. Faith never changes it's believing God for who He is. It's believing His Word, the record of God, and how what He says about Himself. You folks know me. I never went to seminary. Heck, I never even graduated high school. Truck drivers don't have to graduate anything. There's nothing easier for me 
than just to believe what he says. How often have you heard somebody say something? You say, don't you believe God's word? It's so simple. It's, it's so simple. How can you not believe it? We're dead in trespasses and sin. It takes a miracle. A miracle. For God to make us believe. Oh, how I love to believe on my Lord. How easy it is. I'm not a learned man. I, could, I didn't just figure things out on my own. But my God gave His only begotten Son for me, the whosoever, that I would believe in Him and should not perish. And He does that for every one of His people. But have everlasting life. These whosoever believeth are the ones our text is speaking of there in Hebrews chapter 10. Having therefore brethren. Did you hear that? Brethren. Brethren who believe God's word. We. We who have been given the gift of faith. As it says in Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9. We who have been given the gift. And we know it was a gift. We know it was a gift. I think I said it a moment ago. We, we know we were blind. We can see the color blue in the sky now. We look at the sky and we see the color. We look at the glory of Christ and we see it. And we see that we were blind. We couldn't see it before. You and I, brethren, have boldness to enter into the holiest of holies. We can come to God by only one way. Through the blood of of Jesus. Mark your places here in Hebrews if you would. Turn over to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Look with me at verse 11. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth. This is the brethren. Whosoever. Those who believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Are you ashamed of the all-powerful, almighty, all-sovereign God? One thing about those who believe in free willism, those who believe in Arminianism, you tell them it's not their power, that it's God's power, and they'll poke you in the chest just like my aunt did and turn into something more wicked than I've ever seen a human being turn into and poke you in the chest and say, don't you take my free will away. For the scriptures say it, God's word say it, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Isn't that what we go out into the world and declare? That he is God Almighty in the flesh. That Jesus Christ is our Savior. That we are saved by the grace of God. That salvation is of the Lord and of the Lord alone. For there is no difference between Jew and Greek. Verse 12. For the same Lord over all is rich. And unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But don't stop there. Verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? Are the religious world around us, <coughs> the Arminian preachers, the free willism preachers, the so-called 
God loves everybody Christians? Are they preaching and teaching about the true Jesus? No. Well, how are you going to learn? How are you going to believe in the true God of all creation if you've never heard of him? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed, it says in verse 16. They have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? And Paul says these words. He's inspired by the Holy Spirit to write these down. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what? You read that? By the word of God. The distinction is made. Some will believe and some will not. Turn over to the 10th chapter of John. John chapter 10. John, why do you always have to refer to these verses? Why, you know, I'm just, isn't there something else in God's Word that we can refer to that says the same thing? Maybe so. No doubt there is. But it doesn't get any plainer than these words right here. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. I've almost worn the ink off the page. I've looked at it so often. Do you have scriptures in, in do you have scriptures that you've done the same? <laughs> you can't have it. I want it back. But if you ever want to borrow Bill Silva's Bible. I don't know how long he's had it, but I think he's had it ever since it was written. Somebody gave it to him a long time ago. <laughs> he's marked it so many places. He's, I'm telling you, there are spots where you've got to look at it really close. What does that say? I can't even, it's almost worn completely off. Oh, verse 22. Verse 23. And Jesus walked in the temple of Solomon's porch. Here's the religious. Here's the, here's the self-righteous, natural human being. Here's the good guy who's good in everything he does. He feeds the poor. He, he gives to the church. He shows up on time. He does all the things, the rituals that religion has come up with. And he says, Then came the Jews round about in verse 24 and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. We just don't feel like you're the Christ. You know, I know you've been, you've been committing all these miracles that no other man could ever do. But we just, we just don't, we don't feel that you could be the Christ. You just don't fit our description of who God is. And Jesus answered them, verse 25, I told you. Is there anybody need me to help them understand what that word, what he just did? I told you, says the Lord of glory, and ye believed not. That could be John Reeves. Oh, you talk about grace? That could be me. That could be you. There's grace. Some believe. And if some believe, maybe it could be me. Maybe I could be one who believes, maybe. Go on. I told you. The works, the miracles, the things that I've done in my Father's name 
they bear witness of me. No other man can do these things. No other man has ever fed 5,000 people with just a couple of baskets. They bear witness of me. They bear witness of who he is. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Is that good news to you? Is that something that just blesses your heart? God is gracious to some. My sheep, He calls us. Those that I have loved from before the world was. Those that I had determined to become flesh and lay down my life for. Hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. They don't follow somebody else. They don't run off and, well, this person, these guys over here, they're kind of close. I can go over there. No, God shows us that's not good enough. You need to hear the truth. And the only way you hear the truth is if God gives you ears to hear it. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. This is grace. God's sheep will hear the word of truth. I hear God's truth because God's grace, because His love for His people. In Jeremiah 31, verse 3, we hear these words. The, the prophet was inspired to write this. He said, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. That's not, one, that's not a love that starts. That's a love that's always been. A love that will never stop. I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Go back to your text in Hebrews chapter 10, if you would, please. Boldness we have. Freedom. Cheerful confidence. We have, therefore, boldness, brethren. The Hebrews were taught all their life. The Jews, the Hebrews. They were taught all of their life. Only the high priest could go and enter in behind the great veil. The vast distance between man and God is on the other side of that veil. Between God and man and simple men. But one was allowed to enter in, but he was not allowed to enter in without blood to make intercession for the people. Therefore, look again if you would at verse 18. Now, where remission, where sacrifice, of these is, there is no more offering, no more forgiveness for sin. Now look at verse 17 again. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Can God forget? John, you're, you're, you're standing here before me and you tell me God knows all things. <laughs> and now you're telling me He forgets. There's a contradiction there. No, there's not. No, there's not. You know... You know how God can't forget? Or how God can, how, how, that, how you can read that? There, and there is sins and iniquities will I remember no more. That's because there's no sin in you and I. Jesus Christ, our Savior, has paid for every single sin we have committed. 
and every single sin that we will commit until the day he takes us out of this world. When God looks upon you, he sees the blood of his son, the perfect, righteous blood that was used to take him into the veil, into the holiest of holies for our sins. That's grace. That's the story of grace. Where there is remission of sins, there is no more offering for sin. Don't try to bring something of yours. Yours is full of sin. Everything you do is tainted by what you are. And God only accepts perfection. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest of holies, by the perfected blood, the perfect blood of Jesus Christ. Who, who has this boldness? Believers. Those who believe, just like I read in that article. Not those who feel. Those who believe. Whosoever believeth, is what our Lord says in John 3.16. Whosoever believeth. Not unbelievers. We just studied this last night, or Friday night. In Mark 16, verses 15 and 16, we read these words. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Not everybody's going to believe. Many are going to go through that door marked death. And stand before God and said, Did we not cast out devils in your name? Did we not feed the poor? Did we not show up on Sunday for church? Did we not call you Jesus the Lord? And God will say, Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I have never known you. Do you see the grace? And God looking upon us and say, Come, enter in, thou faithful servant. Have you ever been faithful? We have boldness to come to the holiest of holies by what? By the blood of Jesus. His faithfulness. He made a covenant before the world was ever created. God the Father is going to give God the Son some people. My sheep, He calls us. God the Son says, I'm going to redeem them. Though they're sinners, I'm going to pay for their sin. I'm going to pay the cost. They're mine. I shall lose none. God, the Holy Spirit, I'll go call them and give them life so they hear you. <laughs> I'll give them life so they hear the truth, so they believe. Oh, grace doesn't get any better. Not to this poor sinner. It just doesn't get any better. Do you ever wonder if you're saved from your sins? I ask you this. Do you believe God's word? If you do, God's people call you brethren. In Hebrews 2, 11 and 12, we read these words. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren, in the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. Folks, this is grace. This is my story. 
I am saved by His grace through His blood. I'm justified in Him. I'm sanctified in Him. I'm redeemed by Him. And it's all in His blood. Now because of this, look with me if you would at our text in Hebrews chapter 10. I want to read verses 19 through 21 and I'll make this quick. Let us draw near, it says in verse 22. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm supposed to start 19 again. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest of holies by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way. Todd brought this out. i got to make this statement. Todd brought this out. You know the word new there? If you look it up in the Hebrew language, this is the only time that word new, N-E-W, is used. And the original word means this. It means uh, freshly slaughtered. That's what they would use, that word new. Freshly slaughtered. This, this, this meat I'm going to cook for you tonight is new. That means that doesn't mean I just took it out of the refrigerator. That means it was freshly slaughtered. It was just slaughtered today. It's new meat. By a new, a freshly slaughtered and living way. You know, if Jesus hadn't been slaughtered on that cross, you and I would not have any life. A new and living way which He hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, His flesh. Then we see in verse 22, oh, and having a high priest over 21, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near. Knowing that we are saved and we have boldness to come into the holiest of holies, by the blood of Christ, let us draw near with true heart. Now we know that's Christ Jesus because none of us have a true heart. <clears throat> In full assurance, boldness, with freedom of what? Faith, belief, having our hearts sprinkled from the evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. That pure water, that's the gospel. The gospel is described, John, uh, Psalm 23. Uh, Though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for my Lord is with me. Uh, he maketh me to lay down in green pastures along still waters. That's the pure water, the still water of the gospel. Let us draw near, it says. Let you and I, the people of God, those who have the boldness to enter in on the blood of Christ, not a boldness of their own works, but the boldness of Jesus Christ, let us draw near. Grab a hold of it. Come and hear the truth. Come to where the gospel is preached. And then verse 23, let us. This is my title for today, let us. Let us hold fast to the profession let us hold fast to our profession. That means confession. Let us hang on to what we confess. Jesus Christ is Lord of all things. Let us hold on to what we confess. That He is my Savior. When He said it is finished, it is finished. Let us confess we are nothing that Christ Jesus is all. Folks, every true believer will do that. Let us confess of our faith, our belief, without wavering. For He is faithful that promised. And lastly, let's look at verse 24. And let us consider one another. Let's, let us, you and I, 
consider each other. I don't know that this would happen, but it wouldn't surprise me if someone in this very congregation stabbed me in the back. What? Folks, we're all human. I'm not saying somebody would purposely do damage to me, but somebody might accidentally do harm to me in some way or another. You're human. I'm human. Consider this. Consider each other. I'm as much a sinner as you are. I'm as capable of stumbling as you are. You're as capable of sinning against me as I am sinning against you. Yet our Lord forgave us. God help us to forgive each other. God help me to say I forgive you 70 times 70. God help you to say I forgive John 70 times 70. And it's only by His grace that we could ever do that. Some things just stick in our craw. Oh, folks, God help us to cut that loose and be forgiving to one another. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean showing up for church every Sunday. That means coming together in faith. Brother, sister, I know you're weak right now. Nothing I can say is going to help you other than this. Look to Christ. The author and the finisher of what we believe. Look to Him. And be saved. Amen.